What up, LoveQuest Nation? You are listening to the official LoveQuest International Church podcast recorded live at our Love Fix experience in Vancouver, BC. So come on and jump into this word brought to us by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy! Thank you, thank you. Father, we thank you for this moment. Thank you that we have ears to hear eyes to see in a heart that's willing and says, yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you tonight for clarifying things. I thank you for stirring up our hope. I thank you, Lord God, that we for sure will leave this place better. I thank you that we are not just hearers of the word, but say, I'm a doer. Okay, that was about five doers. Amen. Say, I'm a doer. Let your neighbor hear you. I'm a doer. Holy Spirit, guide your servant. Let me release your word with efficiency and accuracy and power. Thank you, Lord, for removing any error. I declare your word will be delivered uncompromisingly. But I yield myself to you. And if I do fall in error, quicken me and I will quickly respond. Move in this place in a tangible way, Holy Spirit. We give you the liberty to do what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, through who you want to do it. We declare all of your gifts have free reign as you please in this place. Anoint this room in a special way right now. Clear your breakers anointing is in this place. Say hope. Arise. Um, last week we were speaking on, anybody remember? Okay, uh, about 10 people that was here said 10 different things, amen. You didn't open your mail this week, huh? It was hold up. Wait a minute. See, something told me to preach the same message again tonight. Oh, well. That's your life. The message was hold up. Wait a minute. It was talking about the art of waiting, which all of us in here currently have or have had in our lives big issues with waiting. I think it was really good, and I think you should go listen to the message on the app. But as I I continue to read and remember scriptures that we talked about in waiting, it was a word that kept popping up. And it was hope. And what we have to understand, it's very hard to wait when you lose hope. And it's very hard to wait for it when your hope is wavering towards it. So many times our it changes because we're impatient and we're like, if that don't work, I'm out. If that don't come in a month, I'm out. And what I keep telling you people is stop trying to fit a God of eternity into a place of chronos. 
God is not on time, but he's always on time. I'm about to help you out. Lord, drop something in my spirit. I've never heard it before. You may have heard it before. Wouldn't be surprised, but I have never heard this in my life. And it was birthed out of a conversation that someone was just explaining, man, I wish I had more time. And when you get really serious about the call of God on your life, you're willing to do whatever it takes, like move to Canada, <laughs> which is great. One of the greatest decisions my family and I could ever make. But you start thinking like crazy stuff, like, man, maybe I need to go from full-time to part-time so I can have more time for God. <laughs> and I've heard that for sure a lot. I am someone who left all to say yes to my call. And whenever I'm in a position where I want to counsel, I'm, I'm pastoring you guys. So I'm like, often when I hear some of your challenges and issues and questions, I'm like, God, how do I answer that? And he said, tell her to stop trying to fit to make time for me. No one in here can make time for God. If you guys could see some of your neighbor's faces, you would be like, oh, my God. But this is about to bless your socks off. It's going to free you right now. You can't make a God who is not of time, you can't make time for him. You can make time for me. You can make time for your somebody you love. You can make time for work. The Lord says the people need to stop making time for me and make space for me. He says, pray without ceasing. He didn't say pray at 530 in your favorite spot. No, I'm trying to, I'm going to help you out. It's good if you do have a nice little 30 minutes or an hour that you set aside for God. We see that as well. But for you to really stress out on, man, I didn't get my hour in. Some people make time for God, but don't walk with God. You read your devotion, great, did you obey it? See, what happens when you make, see, he's a presence. Presence is not bound to time. It needs space. J Jesus died and he died for space, real estate. This body is real estate. He, he said, I died and your body is my, what, temple, space. He, David says, creating me a clean what? Heart and renewing me a right, creating me a, a, a clean space, right? To be baptized in the Spirit is the Holy Spirit infusing, submerging you like water does the sea, like water does a pool. He takes up space. And you might give God time, but you ain't giving him space in your life. So you're spending time trying not to sin because you give them time. You go to church for 90 minutes. But you're not giving them space. You're not removing. If I was going to get a new couch to replace the one that's there, guess what I got to do when the couch show up? You got to create what? Space. He's a presence. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving into his what? Courts with praise. Enter into this space. And the issue is, is you got to understand, God is omnipresent. 
He's everywhere. He says, in all your ways, what? Acknowledge me. Every space you go in, he wants to be in that space. Your marriage, your grocery shopping, your planning, your coffee meeting, your shower. Every space you go, he wants to go with you. He wants every space you go to, to be his. That's why he says, everywhere your feet tread, Joshua, I'm going to give it to you. Wherever my son walks, that's my spot. The promised land was a space. We even think, we even think like heaven is like near Texas or something like heaven is this like location like wow that's gonna take like 24 hours to get there or is no 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 it's space he's a present and what we do trying to communicate to an eternal God we try to put him in to temporal things we try to put him in the time and our whole day jacked up because we woke up looked at our email and we allowed our time with God to get stolen And when God has space, you don't worry about time. Because when he has space, you're led to when he wants to sit you down and talk. You're treating God like a human, like a date. I give God 30 minutes every day, 5.30 a.m. No, when he has space, sometimes you can't go to sleep because you're on your pillow talking to him. Doing what? When we're worshiping, what are we doing? Creating space. When we're fasting, what are we doing? Creating space. Right? When I, when I purge things in my life, what am I doing? Creating space. There's just some things I can't do anymore because there's no room or space for that and him. Right? And the problem is we're trying to keep all the stuff we love and then trying to give God, you can sit right there. You, you ever get on a bus or something and there's in those seats and somebody scoot over a little bit? You're like, we, we both can't fit there. You can go on have a seat. There's no space. You ever, when you're hungry, you go to the restaurant, you look at the menu and you see that you're like, oh, I'm about to get this cashew cheesecake. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to get this cashew cheesecake right after I eat. And then when it's time to get dessert, waitress come by. Anybody like some dessert? You're like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm full. Why? Because I ain't got no space. But some people, you'll force space. And you leave sick. You leave confused. You're trying to force God into what you want to do. And you're wondering why you don't hear him. You're wondering why you're frustrated. And what happens is you blame everybody else. And so I get this example. We talked this morning on this weird message. It wasn't a weird message, weird title, and we worked it out, but it was just called of. Understanding of is like, it's the bridge. It is, it is this thing that sits between it's of a relationship. The peace of job security, the peace of marriage, the joy of the Lord is my strength, not the joy of affirmation from humans. And, and what, what the issue is, is God is trying to get pieces of your life from you. And you don't want to give them up. And what happens is, when you don't want to give them up, the Lord stop asking for them. But you enter frustration, and guess what? You start blaming everybody else. So you leave churches. 
some people move. You're trying to find peace, but you're not willing to give up the peace that will bring peace. And that's why when you move to Africa, guess what? You find something wrong after a while. It doesn't matter who it is. You're going to find something wrong because the issue is the same peace God was asking for, it went with you on the airplane to Africa. Dang, something wrong with that church too. Something wrong with that liquor store too. Dang, I can't lose no weight. I, I try, I try plant-based. I tried everything. And you blame blaming plant-based. And, and it's everybody's fault. No diet work. But you went to plant-based, but you kept eating pizza. But it's plant-based. I was eating potato chips. It's plant-based. No, you can still be plant-based nasty, unhealthy. <laughs> right? And the issue is, is you're blaming all the diets and the experts and don't nobody know what they're talking about. Well, you're not willing to make the sacrifices that God is asking. It's not everyone else. You're the common denominator. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to, you don't go and pray to God that your wife change so she, so she stopped getting on your nerves or, or vice versa. Guess what? You deal with the peace of your piece of pie. <laughs> and so tonight, just remember this. Stop trying to make time and create space. And watch the difference. I'm a pastor, but I don't, I don't always have a specific time I talk to God. always sit down and read my Bible when I talk to you. But if you really are on board with the Spirit every time I stand up, you can't tell me I don't have a word. How does that happen? See, you might spend more time with me, but I create more space for God. <laughs> you sit there for three hours with God and don't take nothing away. Because you're in works. Space is relationship. Time could easily be works. So when I'm riding in my car, I'm not going to listen to the, to the radio. Because I'm going to give God this space. I'm going to give God this car ride. And what things in your life has the spaces that God wants to occupy? And what peace... Has God been trying to get from you for a long time that you just won't come up off of? Whether it's something about your character, whether it's something you idolize, when will you just give the peace up? P-I-E-C-E. -E. Everybody in here has a piece of something that God is saying, surrender it. You trying to get God to change the peace, he can't do it or he becomes a lie. He's already set this thing forward before he formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you. He had a plan for you. The process can change, but the plan won't.
I'm going to get you to the promised land, but we're going to have to take this route because I see some bugaboos over there, and we're just going to take this. This route's going to be a little longer, but we're still going to get there. You know, when you drive into Kelowna sometimes, there might be a road closed, or, or, or Dawson Creek might be a road closed. you still going to go, but there's multiple routes to get to the same destination. You getting frustrated because you got to drive 15 minutes longer. Do you want to get to the promise, or do you want to take your route? Space. Say space. Create space. And I've learned even my, my style of study is not always. I, I get to that place, but I don't, the way I work is I don't, like a couple days a week, go get my strongs and concordance and all that. But Monday to Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, driving in conversations. Anybody that have met with me, you notice sometime I'll be like, I'm not texting, I'm writing something down. I'm always listening. There's no conversation that I'm in that I'm not listening to God. And because I'm listening to God don't mean I'm ignoring you. But God is always speaking. I've gotten Sunday message in a wisdom session. Hey, let me write that down. There's open communication. There's no time that we shut God out. Prayer is not just asking God what you want. It is communication. Listening. It's talking. It's declaring. Prayer isn't always talking to God. Sometimes prayer is talking for God. Let, let, let's get into this. Then. Let, let's start. Um, uh, tonight we're going to talk about anchored in hope. A anchored in hope. All week I'm just listening. Hope. Well, when I was preaching last week, it was very clear we need to deal with hope. Because it's very hard to wait when hope is deferred. Bible says hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. Anchored in hope. Say I'm anchored. There's a hymn. There's an old school song talking about anchored. Anchored. I want to let you know. And I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged that the victory that death seems to have is just a facade. It might seem like in this temporal time that death is winning. But we know the outcome. Oh, death, where is your what? Sting. Right? It's when you understand a bee, a bee, you might be stuck with a stinger, but that bee goes and dies. In order to sting you, he had to give his gut up. He had to give you his best shot. Oh, some of y'all got to get that. You think because you take a sting in life, that's it. No, it's it for the enemy. And you have to understand that when you get stung by the enemy, he is more afraid of you. That's why he stung you. And be careful how you respond to a sting. It ain't over. You just, just get your little EpiPen and start declaring the word. 
<laughs> you, 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 hey, it don't matter. My lips swole, you dead, dog. You better hear what I'm telling you. The enemy, no matter how many times he hits you, he knows his destination is eternal death. Yours is eternal what? Life. So if I got to take a swollen lip, a swollen leg, a swollen arm because I'm having an allergic reaction to pain or allergic reaction to bad news, I'm going to have this lip swollen, but my lip can go down and I'm still got joy. Can't take my praise because my lip swollen. Might tweak a couple words. Might be real bee heavy, but I win. To anchor is to provide with a firm basis or foundation. Say firm. Firm foundation can't be moved. It, it, look, 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 look. It might be shakable, but it's immovable. You can shake my, you can rattle my cage, but you can't take my home. You, you can rattle my life, you can, you can punch me, you can kick me, you can knock up against me, but I get right back up. I shall not be moved. <laughs> I shall not be moved. Fear gone what? Passed away. Love here, here to stay. I shall not be moved. I am anchored. My soul is anchored. <laughs> Shekabah. Proverbs 13. When hopes, dreams, or dreams seems to drag on and on. Oh God, when is my breakthrough going? The delay can be depressing. Can I get an amen? No, come on, can I get an amen? Everybody's been there. But when at last, ooh, God's going to do something real good. So y'all just make sure y'all ready. First time attendees, I'm just sorry the spirit just, he moved, he do what he want to do. So y'all ready, y'all ready. He, he, he wants to free us all. I was going to say some of y'all, but all of us need another measure of freedom. But when at last your dream comes true, say at last, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. See, see, let me tell you, it's very hard for someone who always experiences sweet to be excited for sweet. <laughs> see, with God, it's all about gratitude, thanksgiving, and you better recognize you think you want to be blessed all the time. You think you want to go through life with no challenges, nothing. You want everything to be your way. But marriage wouldn't even be cool if everything was cool. Like when marriages be like, we cool. We ain't, we, man, we handle stuff real good. We ain't got no problems. I'm like, y'all boring. Like y'all not going to grow. You're going to plateau, but you ain't going to grow. Like it is those, Jesus himself said, I'm coming to shake all that up. These domestic arrangements, Matthew 10, I come to shake all of that up. It's going to be some friction in the house. You need a little friction. That's why I like Sour Patch Kids. I don't, I don't just like sweet. I like a little sour because then you appreciate the sweet. 
right? And, and, and I'm not one to declare you got to go through hard times to get to the promise. No, Jesus had to die for the promise. But you do got to learn some lessons through some hard times. And that's why I try to pay attention and learn from other people's mistakes and, and be like, Lord, I totally got her mistake. I'm not going to do that. I promise God. I try to learn from my parents' mistakes. I try to learn from your mistakes. I try to learn from if you learn. Because you passed the mild test. M-I-L-D. Let me tell you this. By the time you get to a real tough test, you did not pass the little mild ones. The, little pre, the midterm test versus the final test is a little different. First Corinthians. Say, Lord, satisfy my soul. I'm trying to. Amen. <laughs> First Corinthians 13. And so faith, hope, love, abide. We've all read First Corinthians 13. If you haven't, you've heard it at a wedding before. Or, you know, it talks about love is this. And love is patient. Love is kind. Love never lose. Love, 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 love. And it's like if you don't have agape, you are when you could, I don't care how good a saint you are. If you don't have agape, you just noisy to me. All right, and then it goes on and says, when I was young, I spoke as a child. But now I'm older. Say grow up. Yeah. And then we get to this part. And he says, and so faith, hope, love, abide. These are the, this is the triple threat you got to have active in your life every day. This is where all your tests are in your life. This is where all the attacks on your life come for these three things. Comes for your faith, comes for your hope and your love, nothing else. It don't come for your car, it don't come for your tires, it don't come for your wardrobe, it don't come for your, your boo, it don't come for none of that. It comes for your faith, hope, or love, one of those. Let's, let's really focus on what the enemy is after and stop being so superficial in warfare. The enemy don't care nothing about your material possession. He wants to discourage your soul because a discouraged soul cannot be an encouraging soul. See, because what you got to understand is kingdom is encouragement is a spiritual thing. You can, hey, how you doing? God is good. But in the spirit realm, that going to get stolen because the enemy, no, you don't even mean that. You're not living in victory. It's when you get around people who really believe that God is a healer, who really have the hope of glory inside their soul, that it really makes significant long-term impact, right? In order to have fruit that remains, you got to have hope and faith and love that remains. Woo! So faith, conviction, and belief, respecting man's what? Relation to God and divine things. Hope. Is joyful and confident. See, this is different. Hope is joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Confident expectation. You might have hope, but is it confident expectation? It's not, well, God, if it, if you want to do it, God, if it's your will. No, you're giving up. You're trying to put it on God. And he's going to move off your faith, not in his hope. He don't need hope. You need hope. What do you mean if it's his will? It's his will for all his children to prosper in every area. 
I pray that you that you prosper even as your soul prosper. He said, your whole man, your spirit, your, your soul, and your body, he desires you to be whole, a being. And you pray these bailout prayers, God, if it's your will. Well, it is. eternal salvation love true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us you see where this love comes from you would have heard about this this morning you can't forgive people out of your love impossible you can't have a godly marriage out of your love your love is very limited all humanity's love is conditional unless they allow the Lord to take up space. He said, these three, but the greatest of these is love. But one of them is hope. When the triple threat is under duress, it is an attempt to plunder your tip, to plunder your rest. See, see, if you don't have hope, you can't enter his rest. Impossible. If every day you wake up, you're striving, you're worrying. You can't enter his rest. Jesus didn't die for you to just have a church home and go to heaven. Or he wouldn't have told us to pray heaven on earth. He desires you to have heaven in real time. I think about this. It is impossible to win people to Jesus without evidence. Even, even Thomas needed evidence. Jesus did all those miracles for evidence. Evidence should be a part of your life that Jesus is real in your life. You can't just be a talking Christian. Those days over. It's too many options out there. It's way too many options. You just walking around. I'm Christian. I'm saved. I go to this. I found my tribe. I, I'm in Alpha. I'm. I do this. I got my bumper sticker. I, peace in Jesus. Peace signs up, and I love Jesus. No, 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 no. Just because you go to new members class, just because you go to Alpha, just because you uh, 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 know a few scriptures, just because whatever. No, there's a high demand for sons and daughters. There's a high demand for people to really walk this thing out. And it's amazing because when you actually encounter, like people think cold, they think all kind of stuff because you actually take this thing serious. Like, why are you so intense? Well, I'm not more intense than Jesus. Okay, this is, is why I want to I challenge you. Oh, you too serious. All oh, you mean, or whatever. Nobody call me mean, but you just the things we say about leaders or people that's really account, holding us accountable, all these things. But you say you're a Christ follower. If you follow Christ, who's way more, like we can open the scripture and tell you the stuff he's telling you and I. 
so what do you think about Jesus? Because Jesus is calling all of us to really do this. Or he wouldn't have gave us a Bible full of people who really did it or who really didn't. What happened to the really didn'ts and what happened to the really dids? You look at the New Testament, if you believe in Jesus, you believe in his church, I see nothing but did it. I see nothing but people who believed in the resurrection of Jesus. Not just, oh, he died for us. Okay, cool. Now you're on the other side of the cross. you on resurrection side. You don't stay at the cross because Jesus ain't there. Your salvation is there. He didn't say hang on the cross. He said pick up your cross. So, so having this false humility, sad, soaky Christianity and waiting for Jesus to come back and making excuses about work and work, making excuses about all these different things. I forget just the four walls. There are people who actually need you to be a witness. That's what he saved you for. Here's the great commandment. Go and make disciples. This ain't me. This ain't Love Quest. This ain't Village. This ain't nobody. This is Jesus. Go make disciples. Teach them. And you can't make disciples. Witnessing and making disciples is two different things. Outreach and evangelism. Outreach and soul winning is two different things. We don't mind doing outreach, but guess what? Making disciples takes up time. Because I actually have to make time for people. It's easier to invite them to a small group, which is a part of it. But God's calling you to walk with people on a daily basis. Oh, but I don't know everything. That's why you're supposed to be a student of the word. All of y'all. Well, pastor, that ain't my call. No, no, no. He said, do the work of evangelists, all of y'all. And then he said, go make disciples, all of y'all. And then the pastors, the five-fold ministry gifts help govern the body. But all of us are to go and make. And this is why it's important for you to have hope. Because if you don't have hope, you can't deliver hope. And then wanting people to coddle you and just baby you throughout your Christianity is not Jesus. Don't be mad at any leader or any person that is challenging you to be like Christ because Christ is challenging them. And then you're challenging you because there's people that you will touch that I won't touch that. Pastor Julia won't touch that. Pastor Dylan won't touch. You have a sphere of influence and that influence is not for your benefit. It's for Christ's benefit. And you get the benefit off of Christ's glory. It's the talent in you that God gave you that's attracting people to like you. What you going to do with that influence? When the triple threat is under duress, it is in an attempt to plunder your rest. Now faith is the assurance. Say assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine, oh what a foretaste of glory divine. 
there a salvation purchased by God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior, I'm happy and Walking, that's what I forgot right there. Looking above, filled with his spirit, washed in his blood. Whoa, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. really happy I was raised by people who experienced slavery. You raised by people who didn't have no choice but to worship God. And when you're rocked to sleep with those songs, you may not understand the words, but somehow all the way in Canada, the song will pop up. And it's not about remembering every lyric. It's about catching the spirit of it. Some of you are like, I don't know that song, but the Spirit of God is here. You don't need to know the song. How does a mute person sing along? Are they just discontinued from worship? No. Faith, faith is assurance. It's confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Every person in here is hoping for something. All God is saying is you don't have to go after what you're hoping for like the world. You don't have to fret like the world. I died to carry you to what I created you for. I just need you to stay aligned and stay in position and stay on beat. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith does not work when you don't have hope. Faith is unemployed without hope. Faith is the substance, the fiber, it's the tangible evidence that says it doesn't matter how far out what I'm hoping for is. Faith gives me the reality that I have it 
now. I could be planning a trip nine months from now, but because I'm orderly and I want to get cheap tickets, I'll purchase everything. All I have is confirmation numbers. But I know when I show up, I'll have a space for me. When you're trying to sell a car, they ask for that pink slip. Us trying to get in this country, there's certain things we can't do, can't do. Certain benefits I get when I own a car, but then if I don't own the car, it's very hard to get registration. Unless I get a letter from the states that says that we can have the car out of the country. But when I show up with a pink slip that shows that we own this car, we can walk in and get insurance and registration just like you. Because it is the title deed that this is mine. So when you find a person or a people that is shouting without what they're believing for present, you understand that they're shouting in faith because I'm shouting like I got it which is a hard walk because a lot of us want people to know we need help. And faith will isolate you because then everybody think you got everything taken care of. So folks won't know your money low. They won't know because you're putting yourself together. Believing God. You look like you depend on God. And so nobody knows what you're going through. Because they're looking on the outward appearance, but they don't know you're struggling. They don't know you need help. And so now what you got is you got people feasting off of your joy, not knowing you're having joy in faith. But they don't know because they ain't spiritual. They don't know you need encouragement right now. They don't know you need prayer. They don't know you need help. They don't know. They just like, what? He just always happy. But you don't know when I'm in my hallway at night pacing back and forth if I'm worrying about anything because I'm leading people that I got to be on for. He's like, he got it. No, I'm up here by faith. I'm preaching by faith. I believe this thing. So you're not going to know a difference between when I get what I'm believing for than now. You're not going to know. And a lot of people can't walk in faith because they depend on people too much in the sense of you want people to know you're sad. You know I want to stay angry. But how about you don't stay angry and you have love and faith. But I want them to know how I feel. Well, God says no. Walk in joy. Don't bring it up no more. Forgiveness is not the absence of you feeling upset. People talking about, I'll never forgive no more. Forgiveness, according to the word, is you don't bring it up no more. Let them go. Stop holding them hostage. Don't make them pay for what they did. Just let it go. It don't mean you're not going to be upset. It don't mean that every time you see that person, you're not going to be like, oh. But the Lord says, shut your mouth, speak life over them. That's forgiveness. Your forgiveness ain't got nothing to do with how you feel. You can feel mad. Be angry, but sin not. Yeah, and that's what we all got to know. We family, we need each other. Just because somebody said yes to their call to lead you, don't mean that they don't need leading. 
Don't mean that their family is all together. And that's why so many pastors' families have trouble because so many people lean, lean on them. They hold their children at these expectations like they ain't like other people's children. Well, ain't you supposed to be the perfect family? Not at all. We're just an obedient family. If you're going to walk this real faith life, you're going to have to be willing not to have to prove yourself to nobody. Let people think what they want to think. Your hope is in the Lord, not in people approving you. Whatever your hope is in the most will be the boat that keeps you afloat, whether good or bad. You better be careful what you're hoping in and for. I don't know about you, but I didn't hope in some stuff that, that, that just left me so disappointed. Your hope should be in the Lord. What is your hope in the most if you was honest with yourself? And there's layers to this. Because then I want to ask you, why are you hoping for it? What do you need that thing you're hoping for? Why? Not saying it's bad, but why? What, what are you hoping for this thing to happen for? What are you hoping for God to speak to you? What are you hoping for God to be clear about? For what? Why? Do you really want to hear God's honest answer? Or you just think God agree with you? I'm, I'm a witness to myself. I just said God was in agreement with a lot of stuff, and he, I found out later he wasn't. He wasn't. If you make your desires known loud enough and emotionally you pout for them, the enemy will present himself as the Lord. And you think it's the Lord. You're like, that was right on time. I was just praying about that today. Remember, we was praying for a car. Somebody blessed us with it. About a month later, had her little drunk sister come and, what's wrong with y'all? Well, we was in a community where people did that. People blessed people big time. I believe one day, I pray one day that I'll be able to give people and help people out in major ways, solve some issues so they can just focus on the Lord. Right? Everybody giving to you is not from the right place. There's some strings there. That's why your hope has to be in the Lord. So you don't atta get attached to stuff. Because the moment, whatever you get attached to, if it's removed, can you still live? And some of our hope is in things that are going to disappoint us. And God is not saying that can't happen for you. What he's saying is get your hope fully rooted in me first. So when you face frustrations and challenges in that thing, it won't throw you for a loop. 
He just said, seek me first. He didn't say don't have fun. He didn't say don't just eliminate. I just, no, he just said, make me first. Get rooted in me first. Get emotionally sound in me. Know who you are in me first. Everything in me first. And now do life out of me. Right, you're doing life out of you and your emotions and what you want. He said, I, don't, I want you to have all that. I'm the one who gave you the desires. But you're putting your desires before my will. And now we're miscommunicating because you think I don't want you to have what you desire. And it's not that. I just want to have rule over your life. That's why I call myself the king. I want to be king of the throne of your heart. My hope got to be in Jesus. My hope can't be in the weed. Been there, done that. Me and Wifey have issues. Whatever. <coughs> Don't judge me. I smoked before, okay? Some of y'all still smoke. Amen. I see Jesus, right? Amen. 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 That's just what the Spirit of the Lord said. He, see, he said he see you. <laughs> no, that's Why do you do what you do? Why do you want what you want? What are you hoping for? When you wake up every morning, what are you hoping for? Is Jesus at the center of your hope? Are you willing to go after what you want if it means doing what you may not want to do to get it. It's a question. Are you willing to go after what you want if it means doing what you may not want to do to get it? Children of Israel for sure wanted to go to the promised land, but they didn't want to go this route. Hebrews 6 says, now we have this hope as a what? Sure, bless it. I ain't going to start saying what. Sure and steadfast anchor of the what? So, my chooser, my thinker, and my feeler. It's where my personality is. I'm rooted. Right? You got to be rooted. That's you rooted in your soul. Right? You rooted in your what? Soul. You, you rooted in your what? Soul. That's what heaven and hell is after, your soul. Emotional, up and down. That's the soulish realm. That means if you're emotionally unstable, you're not experienced. Man, I want to help somebody. If you're emotionally unstable, you're not experiencing salvation. So you may have received Jesus, but you're not receiving what he died for. He died for your soul. He didn't die for a ticket to heaven. He died for you to experience heaven on earth. And so you might be saved, but you're not living in what he paid the price for you to live in. When you're emotionally unstable, all you've done is learn how to be, look, and sound saved. Let me help you. Being saved.
Having a guaranteed ticket to go to heaven is not walking out salvation. You're missing out. And the day you get honest and say, my soul is sick. Let me tell you this. See, don't think sick in the way movies make sick look like. You don't got to be walking around the street like this to be sick. You think sick. You think, now the devil, ain't, I don't got no demons around me. Because you think being demon-possessed, your eyes rolling around your head. You spitting up stuff. You can both, what Hollywood has made being. But let me tell you this. You are being demonically influenced if you don't have control over your emotions. And you saved. Let me speak facts. If you need me to show you scripture, we can go there too. Because let me tell you, this is how you know. Because you don't even like that person that you become. But you can't help it. Which means you're bound by something greater than you. Which means you need something greater than it. The Bible says, how can you expect to go in, walk in freedom, unless you first bind the strong man? You don't cope with anger. You don't cope with depression. You don't just figure out, well, I'm going to count to 100 and it's going. No, you don't deal with that thing. He died for that thing to get out of here. Let me tell you what your freedom look like. Come here, Kyle. Come here. Stretch your hand towards Kyle. Father, we thank you that the work you... Look at him with his hands up. He know what he's talking about. I declare you are restoring his mind to the fullest. I declare in the name of Jesus, Lord God, he is on the fast track. And he may seem like he was far off in the name of Jesus. But I declare, Father, what the enemy has meant for bad. I declare his child shall have their father back, shall have his mother back. I declare full recovery in Jesus' name. I declare for an expeditious process in the mighty and majestic name of Jesus. I declare the enemy is alive and the enemy is under our feet in Jesus' name. Lord of the breakthrough. Lord of the breakthrough, you are the Lord of the breakthrough. We worship you, we worship you. Sing, Lord of the breakthrough, Lord of the breakthrough, you are the Lord of the breakthrough. We worship you, we worship you. be seated for a moment. I'm telling you the Lord is doing something. You wonder, man, they go long in worship. We'll go long in worship for the one. And what you got to understand is our worship is not trapped in time. 
right? So that's why every time we go longer, we'll say, if you got to go home, go, because we've entered eternity. So if you want to leave and go back into time, you go. But that's why my grandma did. My grandma didn't run in the street waiting, looking for Uncle Willie. But she created a space for when Uncle Willie came home, he had to sober up. He, he couldn't stay the same. And if you know Uncle Willie now, Uncle Willie driving six, seven hours just to hang out for a couple hours to hear the gospel. Been sober over 30 years. You, he's 65 years old. We know Kyle is a work. Right? That's why he walks in and I'm looking at him like, yeah, he's coming back. I remember having a conversation with Kyle. Like, it's, it's, it's fully, it's, it's all process. So what you do is you learn how to give praise over the progress in the process. You don't have time. And isn't it, man, I'm trying to tell you, man, you just stay focused on what God says. He will prove all your enemies wrong. You don't got to prove nothing to nobody. Let people talk about you. Let people lie on you. Let people judge you. Let people hold you to these high, crazy standards that, that let, man, let people complain. Let people think they know better. Let people, let men and focus. Because what the Lord has done, he's, he's about fruitfulness. And he says that you shall know they walking with me. You should know that I'm with them. Because you're going to see some fruit. And sometimes fruit takes a while to get here. But you keep sowing and you keep watering. And you can, might get discouraged. Folks leave. Folks, but that's okay. You don't do this for no other reason but souls. And then the one, the two, to come. You celebrate. You're like, oh, God is doing something. It's not like you hurry up and grow up with your baby. You're like, man, you're getting taller. Wow, your hair growing in. Look at you with toenails now. then you think you want that baby to grow up and then the moment they start getting older and like put me down you now you crying because you do, you want your baby back and sometimes we rather woo, sometimes we rather believe that God's will is that people stay out there on the street because we got people to serve out there to make us feel good we can hand out sandwiches it's easier to hand out coins it's harder to walk up to somebody and say, I'm not giving you no food today, but silver and gold, I, I got something greater. Right? And believe for full recovery. We need all of that. But there's enough programs and money pumped into these streets to keep people fed. Lord's making it clear. We don't need to feed people. The Lord is trying to deliver people. (laughs) 
close with these. Where my where my pad? Where my close with these two? Next morning, glory. We're gonna talk about hope because I got more. I got ho- I got more hope to deal. Buddy back home, he has a ministry called he, he a hope dealer, and he goes into all the ghettos and the hoods, pray, hang out with the thugs, and deal hope. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. We must fasten our hope to the resurrection and life of Christ. You see, Mark 9, the Son of Man is destined to be betrayed and turned over to those who will execute him. But after three days, he will rise again. You see this hope. I don't care if you look like you're facing a dead situation, as long as you're as long as you're involved with the resurrector you always have hope for a resurrection stop putting off victory to later stop putting victory off to your future (laughs) faith holds now what hope looks forward to later. Stop putting off rest for when you die. (laughs) Enter into rest now. Jesus told those left outside who were sobbing and welling with grief, stop crying. She's not dead. She's asleep. See this hope he's walking with. Don't give up on something that seems dead. But also don't be afraid to walk away from it if they don't want to live. There's two sides to it. It's never too late for Jesus. You're never too far behind. You're never too far behind. The enemy. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. Treasure chest. Filled with the riches of glory for you. There is great treasures even in small measures of hope so the hope you have don't shelve the hope you have I'm I'm talking to you right now because some of you don't feel like you have hope but I'm trying to talk to that little bit of hope the Lord said I'll take even that little bit of hope and I will breathe on that ember of hope that's what we're doing tonight when we worship we're blowing on that small ember of hope right and you see in mark 4 i'm not going to read the whole thing i'll pick up on it next sunday but you see where he talks about the parable of how can i describe god's kingdom realm 
Let me illustrate it with this parable. It is like the mustard seed, which is the smallest seed, but grows to be the biggest. <laughs> Some of you aren't sowing even the little hope you have because you don't think is enough. You feel so defeated, you're like, I don't need to go to church. But the fact you're thinking about going to church lets me know you still got a little bit of hope. Sow the hope you have. It doesn't matter what you start with, but believe the outcome will be greater, more fruitful, more vibrant, more powerful, greater potential, greater capacity, and increased potency. <laughs> Jeremiah 29 tells you he has great thoughts and he has plans and a hope in your final outcome. So it doesn't matter. He's invested in the destination and the outcome. You want the process to be sweet. But hope is for the outcome. I don't know how we're going to get across this Red Sea, but he's going to make a way. I know one thing. I'm not going back. I'm going to go across the sea. If that's where he told me to go, I'm going to go. It doesn't matter how we start, but how we finish. Don't give up on the outcome. Adjust and keep going. Growth comes from movement, not paralysis. Some of you got bed sores. Get moving. Stop sitting in your mess. Asking Jesus to pick you up. No, I'm, I'm here to tell you, Jesus says, get up. I'm not picking you up. I've picked you up for too long. I've carried you. I've kept you. It's time. It's your grow up season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off the training wheels and let you fall this time. <laughs> and then Mark 2, he says, Mark 2. They brought a paralytic man. There was no room. And what did they do? Their hope was so great. They cut a hole in a roof and dropped them down to Jesus. They, what, what did they do? They made space. It may not look like when there is no space, you got to what? Make space. <laughs> Be not weary and well-doing for if you faint not in due season. Don't stop making space. Don't stop sowing it. He said he picked up and was being carried by four men. Now you got to get hope. So you can carry the hopeless. And you're so focused on being carried that you can't even see that someone who's been lame all their life, Jesus still wants them to walk. You want Jesus to do it, but you don't want to carry them to Jesus. They need a ride to the hospital. They need help getting out the wheelchair. They need somebody that got so much hope in Jesus. Like, come, come to my. You ain't talking about, well, service too long, so I'm going to invite you to an event. No, invite them where Jesus is. <laughs> where your hope at? Is your hope in a, in a short service? Or is your hope in Jesus? Is your hope in a quiet service? Or is your hope in Jesus? 
Is your hope in a different type of speaker? Is it in different type of music? Or is it in Jesus? <laughs> he said they let him down. Hope has the power to carry hopelessness. Hope is a catalyst for miracles. We are carriers of the hope of glory. And you must believe it to release it. For hope to live, possibility has to be a reality. next week about Lazarus that empty tomb hope is not ran off by the stench of hopelessness <laughs> dead for three days and Jesus believed Elder John in the same God that he knew would raise him up soon and if you can't believe God will raise you up how are you going to believe he'll raise somebody else up? You have to experience the salvation. We'll close that psalm. Oh, yeah, I'm glad we got some stuff left over. We'll close that psalm three. somebody because the enemy attacks in all kinds of ways subtle ways sneaky ways straighten your face ways all kinds of ways y'all see that rag on his base I only fool him with Juan Carlos What's that first word? Lord. Everybody, what's that first word? Lord. That's who your hope should be in. I have so many enemies, so many who are against me. Listen to how they whisper their slander against me, saying, Look, he's hopeless. Look, she's defeated. Look, something must be wrong. Look, I wonder how long this going to last. Look. Even God can't save him from this. Pause in his presence. In other words, say lie. Verse 3. But in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself your glory covers me continually. You lift high my head when I bow low in shame. I have cried out to you, Yahweh, from your holy presence. You send me a father's help. Pause in his presence. So now, I'm going to lie down and sleep like a baby in the presence of my foes then I'll awake in safety I'm not gonna wake up worry what they saying what they doing what's going on oh my god no I'm gonna lay down and have good sleep I'm gonna wake up and still be protected for you surround me with your glory 
Even though dark powers prowl around me, I won't be afraid. So Psalm 91 says it like this. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of the shadow, look, this is why I can't let no, no trouble or people pull me out from his wings. Because what you don't understand is he's my help. And when I stay under his wings, you think you fight me, you fight him. He say, touch not my anointing. That's so as long as I just guard the anointing, not guard, I'm guard, guard the anointing, and you guard the anointing, the purpose on your life, God going to handle He'll handle situations. He'll handle it. And you got to get out the way because you think he's going to handle it by making people suffer. But the way he's going to handle it is nothing worse than your enemy seeing you succeed and what they said about you won't be found true. It's nothing worse when they, you, you just got to stay focused and your hope and your confidence has to be in him. He, he said, he said, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap, Elder Pam. You really know you're growing up when you don't care what they're saying about you behind you. When you get to a place where I don't want to know. When people come and say, oh, you know what they said? You're like, I don't care. Okay. Okay. I did it. And he will protect you from false accusations and any deadly curse. He say, his massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you, you can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Why? Don't fear a thing. He didn't say while you was under his wings, you won't experience pain and hurt. But he promised you coming out. He promised the pain won't kill you. You don't wish any enemy, you don't wish anything bad on anybody that don't have your best interests. What you do is walk in love and you pray. Because God loves them too. Your hope, whatever your circumstance is, your hope has to be in him. Now, I don't know who you are tonight, but your hope has been low. Some people, your hope has been low. Some people, your hope has been high, but displaced. You just had your hope in the wrong stuff, wrong people, wrong things. 
We left guaranteed provision and entered into more peace with less guaranteed provision. So that's why we can preach with conviction because we know God is faithful. And we are not bowing and bowing down to lack of no. We ain't, no, 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 no. You just keep watching. And if people at this rate, talking, hating, the enemy messing with you at this level, what's going to happen with you? So you've got to learn how to mature in these seasons. Because you can't handle. Well, you get to a place where the news now coming. People mad you preacher with sneakers? I can't have no sneakers. Because I'm a preacher, I can't have sneakers. What am I supposed to wear? <laughs> no, it's the flash because some of the shoes that look ugly and plain more expensive than the ones that look flashy. For real. You think they just all black cool little loafers? Them thing cost six hundred dollars. But we're in this world where everybody has an opinion. The only opinion that should have the heaviest weight. It doesn't mean that people's opinion doesn't matter. The only opinion that should have the heaviest weight is what God says. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected with us throughout the week by following us on social media at LoveQuestINTL Church. And join us next time as we get equipped with a powerful right now word. Have a great rest of your day and get your love fixed, man.